0: You got me hooked into these videos that I want to watch.
1: Yeah, uh, well, just like normal, just, just check uh, other content out while we do a show. It's fine. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, if you've been uh, feeling good lately, if you've been uh, uh, noticing that you've been less depressed, uh, more energy, <laughs> we have the explanation. That's right. <laughs> it's not the extra stay-at-home time. It's no. the two-week. It's not the two-week involuntary vacation quarantine style no 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 what is it uh no table talk or radio that's been the cure of of all your problems uh, the lately. world has seems like such a simpler place no, ah. i can, i can see color no i deal. mean it's <laughs> <laughs> well uh we wanted to do a little update so so uh thank you guys for 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 hanging in there we haven't been putting much content out lately uh, but this this episode, little mini episode, is just meant to be kind of an update of what's going on uh, over here at Table Talk Radio with uh, Pastor Wolfmiller and myself. Just gotta check that you're not on fire. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm coming in hot on this stage broadcast, but. Like a uh, but, uh, but I think I think maybe most people know uh, Pastor Wolfmiller about uh, about you. Maybe they saw the YouTube channel. I mean, I guess we're assuming that the listener to Table Talk radio also, our subscribers to your YouTube channel, maybe that's the biggest assumption, yeah. Because I got like 17 subscribers over there, and we got like 12 <laughs> listeners here, so yeah, so chances are good. But, but, uh, but you ended up, uh, I, I, you have to trace the timeline here for yeah. us. We ended up contracting uh, COVID 19, yeah, I did, and uh, it hit you pretty hard. So tell, tell us about that. I was good at it. So, into June,
0: we were going on vacation to Texas, and I, wait, 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 Colorado from Texas, we left Texas, and I had a is interesting that my symptom my my pre-symptom was a sore back i thought i'd messed up my back um hmm. exercising at the gym but it kept moving around but
1: i hadn't heard that as a as yeah a it's
0: it turns out that so muscular skeletal is oh, a symptom okay. who knows this thing can do a lot of stuff but we got to colorado to our friend's house i wasn't feeling really good and so i i said i got to go to bed it's like 10 30 i went downstairs i brushed my teeth i washed my hands and i remember thinking man the water in colorado is so cold which is true actually i mean Mm. or maybe i should say the water in texas is never cold Mm. like you know it could be three feet underground but it's still like 100 degrees anyway i washed my hands and i the water i got chilled and I, i just started shaking i mean just shivering it was it was the weirdest thing Carrie came down and found me a little bit later I you know, I was just kinda of shaking in bed. She's like, Uh oh, what's going on? So she took my temperature and it was pretty high and she's like, Ugh. So the next day I went to urgent care. That first test came back negative, even though I I mean I was sitting there in urgent care with a hundred and three fever and everything. But he looks at me and he's like, Ugh, you've got coronavirus. So isolate and everything. So so I was isolated for five days in our friend's basement in Colorado. Then Carrie like wow, what a, a champion, vacation, by the way. I know, it was great. <laughs> I mean, just kidding. So, we you know, we hadn't been back to Colorado for a year. And we, so, I mean, we had, Carrie had scheduled like lunch with friends, afternoon with friends, dinner with friends, evening with friends. I mean, we, we just had so many people to see and we had to cancel all that. It was a, it was a real, that was tough. Mm-hmm. Came back, uh, d- drove all the way back to Texas then after I sort of stabilized. And so I was in, you know, two weeks isolation. I probably have 10 days, round one, I probably had 10 days of, a pretty bad symptoms, fever and delirium, coughing and stuff like this. I, my fever wanted to be around 103 when I was off the medicine. So I was just kind of stacking all the different stuff to keep the fever down. Uh, it's it's kind of is a different sort of couple weeks, but I got better. And so I had three or four days where I read, I remember reading um, uh, Professor Pless and Jacob Corzine wrote a book about church and pandemic and I, I I had a pre-release copy that I reviewed for them and wrote a little blurb and was doing some emails and watching movies and but then when I came like day 14 when I came out of isolation five days after my symptoms were gone um, I started to shake like my arm started to shake and I started to lose my balance and so then round two came on with a bunch of neurological stuff the closest probably the closest, disease to what I had was encephalitis swelling in the brain and maybe that's what it was they're still trying to figure that out but I was at the um neurologist over and over I had MRIs I had all sorts of blood tests I had a mental uh, the EKG on the brain thing uh I did a spinal tap that was unpleasant I mean it was Mm. all this all this stuff but I I I don't know for maybe like uh for eight days i i just started uh, my my capacity just diminished and got worse and worse and worse so at my lowest point i i couldn't remember how to spell my name i couldn't finish sentences i was doing this evan it's just because i was i knew i i could tell that i was not well but i i just was so disoriented i didn't know i didn't really know what to do about it so every morning i would i would wake up and i would. I'd get a, make a cup of coffee, and I would try to remember the Lord's Prayer. I remember one morning I remembered the Lord's Prayer, and I'm like, maybe I'm getting better. I, I know mm. the Lord's Prayer. Mm. But I would write the date. I would try to figure out what the date was. So I'd look at the calendar and sort of, I would be, I was like studying the calendar. It would take me five minutes, and I'd be like, okay, okay. Yesterday was here, yesterday today. So I'd write down the date, and then I would try to write down my name, And just that would take 10 minutes. I'd try to figure out, remember how to spell me. And then I would, I was reading to try to understand what I could understand. So I was reading, I was reading a couple of sentences or paragraphs from, I picked uh, Luther's Theology of the Martyrs. The, the, it was the most recent book that I wrote, this thing. I don't even know if you knew I wrote that book. Anyway, (laughs) I, uh, I was reading paragraphs because I figured I had, I had as I think back on myself, I'm like I still had some sense because this is my thinking. I thought well, I knew I understood this
1: at one time because I wrote it. Wait, is that confirmed though? I, I'm I'm not sure <laughs> that you know what you're writing, but anyway, go on. <laughs> well, that's so uh, yeah, it could not be true, but but
0: I would so it was inter- it was very interesting. I would I would re- so I was and I recorded myself reading. Like a paragraph from my own book, and saying what day it was and stuff like this, stuttering through. And Interesting. I so, yeah, I will have to show you those videos sometimes. I did about five days worth of videos, and that was probably at the at the lowest point. And I could understand at for I could understand a paragraph, and then I would lose a sentence. And on, but then it got worse. So I could understand one sentence, and then I wouldn't. Do, and then at the low point, I could. I was, I could still understand the words, but I couldn't get the sentences. I couldn't, they just couldn't make sense. And all, the, I had all these very strange and delirious dreams. Well, so that was going on. We were testing, and that was supposed to be the scariest part, right? I mean, I think it was scary for Carrie and for the kids because mm-hmm. um, they were watching me kind of go through all this sort of stuff. The weirdest thing in all of it, well, maybe this isn't the weirdest. One of the weirdest things was the way my body was reacting to temperature was out of whack. So I couldn't figure out how to explain it at the time. But now it was like, it was like this. It, I would be very hot, but, um, but I would have the, I would just be shaking like the, with the chills or I would be cold, but I would be sweating profusely like I was hot. So like my body was reacting the opposite to what I was feeling. And, The only way to override that, it was was so uncomfortable because I'd be sitting, I mean, I'd be sitting uh, like watching TV or something and and I would feel freezing cold and yet I was just dripping with sweat. It was so, I just couldn't be comfortable anywhere. The only way to be comfortable was to go out in the sun, like when it was 103, it was hot during this time, and just sit in the sun so I finally knew that I was, I felt hot and I was supposed to be hot like it would Mm -hmm. only would match up Mm -hmm. when that went away one that was one of the most amazing things to be relieved from but I I remember I went I was taking a nap and I was laying in bed and all of a sudden it was oh I feel like I'm supposed to feel Mm -hmm. like it was it like the temperature and the way my body was reacting to the temperature was normal I was like oh I was it was like it was like comfort for the for the first time and it but it was it was like the comfort of discomfort because I was a little bit cold, but so I was cold. The room was cold. I was cold. My body was acting cold and I was like, ah, finally, mm. <laughs> it, it's like it all matched up. It was wild. Hmm. Uh, I didn't lose my sense of smell or taste, but everything tasted bad. So I lost about 30 pounds in the solar deal. Hmm. I dropped, I went down from, I went, I was, I just probably, I probably started out at like 207 or something like this, which is I need to lose some weight anyway. Ended up at uh, t- uh, hitting about one eighty, um, and that happened pretty fast. It's just, whoomp, and it lost like all my strength and everything. I, I remember one time I said, "I wonder how, I wonder if I could do anything at all." And I tried to do, I tried to do some push-ups and I did about three before I had to stop. it was, it was just amazing. This is whole,
1: is, is, is that different than normal?
0: Yeah, I can normally do at least three and a half. Okay, so uh, so how are you doing now? I mean, well, better and better every day. So I think um uh what uh, so a lot of weird things but uh, it took a long time to sort of come back and i think i'm probably 80% 90% mm-hmm. but i don't it could just be that i'm slightly different like my energy level is different i get tired easy uh, when i'm teaching in bible class I'll, I'll just forget a a word or i'll be reading and i'll I, i'm like i don't know what that thing means there so i have these weird kind of gaps in my memory now mm. Um, that I'm noticing, I didn't have a real good memory before, uh, but, but, uh, but it's like there's just things that are just like plucked up and gone. But I can tell when I get to them, I'm like, hey, that's something I used to know, and now I don't because I'm brain damaged.
1: But uh, are, are so, they are they working on uh, treatments, or are they is it kind of a wait and see approach at this point?
0: No, I did physical therapy for about two weeks, and she released me at some point. It was my coordination. Oh man. So I was so shaky. I couldn't hold a pen. I couldn't, so I couldn't write. And, and I couldn't, I mean, I didn't drive for about six or seven weeks. No way could I drive. And it was crazy because my coordination was really bad and my, my muscle control was, was really out of whack. So I remember one time I was in the shower and I, I tried to grab the soap and it, and it slipped and, and my hands just started shaking like a seizure almost for like 10 seconds trying to react to catching the so I was dropping stuff all the time dropping dishes I tried to play catch with uh, with Daniel and I you know I couldn't I couldn't catch a tennis ball I couldn't throw it I tried to play ping pong and I couldn't I couldn't hit the ping pong I mean I couldn't control my arms to do this sort of stuff so I went to physical therapy and she did some stuff I mean but it just started coming back Uh, she had a name for whatever it was I mean I I I was showing kind of different muscle weaknesses and lack of coordination differently on different sides of the body, which normally would be like a stroke kind of thing. So I had a lot of symptoms of, of having had a, a massive stroke, but there was no evidence in the brain of it. Uh, but, um, but she's cleared me. It was funny when the physical therapist cleared me, she says, you're, you're functioning normally. And I said, I am not functioning normally. <laughs> and mm. she said, you're, you're, you are above average skills. <laughs> so she said, "What?" So I don't know where I. She said, "You might just you started at a different place, you know." I mean, I pre- you know, I used to be able to make videos when I drove around town. <laughs> but I could. But what's interesting? Here's an interesting thing. You know, people are always saying, "Hey, you're, you can't make videos while you drive around town. That's dangerous." So, and uh, and I I think I I understand the perspective now as well because I kind of like just my coordination and my awareness and my capacity for for physical activity it's less than it used to be but I kind of went all the way down and all the way back up or part of the way back up and so I I like had these days where my capacity was was just really 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 diminished and then and then it, it got better and better and better and better I can still so it's not totally there but now here okay so maybe the spiritual thing is the most important because this is going to be a boring story uh, and sorry to 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 be boring everyone but but the uh the spiritual thing was very interesting because i i thought so i always figured you know i'm studying about suffering and martyrdom and the christian life and crosses and the, all that you know how and 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 in some ways i i know the lord makes theologians by tentatio by suffering so you know it's on the way suffering you know we're in the midst of it And we're overcoming it, but it's always on the way. There's always some trouble coming. And I think if you would have asked me ah, a couple months ago, I guess it's like three months ago now, what would be the most difficult thing? I think I think I would have said the most difficult thing would be if it was personal suffering, not you know, not my family, not Carrie or the kids. That's always more but if it was a personal struggle, the most difficult thing would be losing my capacity to create, to think, to talk, to write to preach and so forth and so on. And and to 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 not be able to do it, to know I can't do it but to not be able to do it. So I saw the difficulty of, you know, the people who have had strokes and they're trying to communicate and their mind is there but their body simply can't keep up with. I thought that would be the most difficult thing for me. Hmm. But then it happened. I mean, I had a good I had a good couple of weeks where I could barely finish a sentence and, and string thoughts together. And it was fine. It was fine I, I remember thinking in the midst of it this is supposed to be a lot harder than it is but the but the text that kept this sustained me through the whole thing was the words from jesus to saint paul who says my strength is made perfect in weakness hmm. and i thought well the lord I, so so the whole time it, it, it's just it seemed very very obvious to me that the lord has me where he wants me and if the lord wants me to be able to preach then I'll be able to preach. And if he doesn't want me to be able to preach, then I won't be able to preach. And it's fine. He, he he loves me. And, and I couldn't do anything. I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I I couldn't, you know, I could barely talk. I was, I was probably kindergarten level. I mean, my, I could write with like a crayon, you know, I mean, really a mess. I couldn't, so I couldn't work. I couldn't really help carry with, with, anything with our family you know I was all, all these all the capacity was taken away from me and it occurred to me that all I am is loved I'm I'm loved by Jesus I'm loved by God I'm loved by Carrie, by my kids by by all the thousands of friends that I have it's incredible people were so loving and supporting by the congregation both congregations here both st. Paul and Jesus staff are so so compassionate and caring all I am is loved, and that's the best thing to be. Hmm. So it was really quite peaceful in the midst of all of it, and quite quite wonderful.
1: That is a, that is a wonderful perspective because um, I know that you probably run into this a lot too as a pastor. um you you're ministering to those who have made the transition from you know always being uh, those who had be serving the neighbors and then in a position where they rely upon the service of others. And um, a, a lot of times people wrap up their identity in the thing that they do. And so once I cannot do the thing, then I have no identity. Right. Uh, and so, so uh, what you're saying is that the, I can really find my identity in not that I have a capacity to love, but that I am loved namely by Christ who died for me.
0: I was so happy to be a Lutheran. I'm like, ah, it's, it's just, it's just, just uh, alien righteousness. It's the, it's the, it's hundred percent by grace. And the Lord just, and the Lord now takes away suffering. Well, I think one of the things that suffering does, right? Suffering takes away your capacity to work, so that now you don't have works to trust in. So, so anyway, now I worry. So, so I always would have thought, oh, that's going to be the big test. But then it came and it was like, ah, it wasn't that bad. So now I wonder, okay, what's the big test going to be? And it could be getting better. <laughs> it's turned out, I mean, this is not supposed to be the case. You're not, these are, I think this is the stuff you're not supposed to say out loud, but it's harder getting better than it was being sick. Um, Because the, I mean, I love, I love, love, love the work that the Lord has given me. I mean, to be a pastor, there's nothing really better, uh, but but I got. I, I'm think. I'm seeing everything from a from a different angle. So one of the things that I'm tr- sort of wrestling with is, before I got sick, my, I I saw the day as a game. So every day is a game, and the and the and the game is, how much can you do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, and uh, I said I can win this game, and and not just to cram it all in there, but how much can you do with grace and joy, and delight, you know, I wasn't. It wasn't just getting stuff done for this, but it was, I mean, part of the game was being able to rejoice in the work that you're doing and bless people with it and do meaningful work and so forth. That was kind of the game, which was fun, you know? And, uh, uh, but now it's just, it's a, it's a different perspective. The sort of the shape of the, I don't know, the inner life. We don't talk much like that, but the sort of shape of the internal conversation seems quite different to me. So I'm, I'm trying to manage what, what that means. I, I mean, in some ways, like, you know, Carrie rightly wants me to be back to normal. Everyone at church, everyone close by, want, you, they're like, we, your goal ought to be to return to how you were before you were sick. And I'm trying to figure out, well, maybe I should be s- different. Like, you're supposed to go through something like this and come out a changed man then again that's just a lot of pressure <laughs> <laughs> like I do i have to learn something from this can i just get better and you know so so trying to navigate the getting better part uh the, the 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 kind of the responsibility to 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 be a good steward of the gift of suffering you know mm-hmm. to be a good steward of the gift of sickness and health that's the i suppose that's now the the challenge that i'm i'm sort of working through and in the context of so what does that mean for table talk? What does it mean for cross defense? What does that mean for YouTube? What does it mean for for writing? I was I was I was I had scheduled even on vacation I had scheduled a couple of important conversations with CPH for some projects that they were hoping to maybe start. And they were kind of excited. There was a parable project and there was an audiobook project. And um so anyway, that was exciting for me. I and now I'm trying to figure out if that's exciting still or, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. so, so
0: trying to, trying to, trying to think through all those things and it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit tricky. So, so this, so part of the plan is to say, I'm just sort of taking a break for everything extra until Christmas time. Uh, and, uh, and then at that, to make it through Christmas and then kind of reevaluate and say, what do I want to, what do we want to give attention to and, and, um, and so forth so anyway that's the long story sorry to drag it out how has the congregation been with all of this oh great i mean so one of the advantages of um of the coronavirus is that everything slowed down Mm -hmm. so that all the activity at church slowed down to such a degree that it was it was easier to be sick because i wasn't it was here's the analogy it's like um it's like you're running on the treadmill and the, and you sprain your ankle and the treadmill bra- breaks at the same time, <laughs> so
1: it is convenient.
0: So you got to slow down, but the treadmill slowed down as well. So the con- but the congregation was really gracious. So Pastor Mitwitty, who did the vacancy uh, here before I got here at Saint Paul, he's a member at Saint Paul. He does University Lutheran Church at UT, and he stepped in and he subbed for me, and it was really was really uh, great, and the congregation just said. Hey uh you know take your time and do whatever. We started started having a um you know conversations about if 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 I should have disability in, involved in things like this but um I started to improve at a quick enough pace that then that question didn't have to be answered and and so I'm back to I'm back to 100% at church now and and so that's great. And and um probably just this week last week it hasn't exhausted me so we started our youth confirmation and our adult instruction class we have our two sunday services now deaf church on sunday and uh meetings and and everything else like that so that all started this week and uh and carrie said you're not tired so i, I think i've taken one nap this week you know right. so so it's looking good i just i but i just i uh, you know I, I i am i'm normally the kind of guy that i said well look i'll just push and push and push until i collapse but um because that's the best kind of sleep, you know, but, um, but now I, I, I gotta, I think Carrie has convinced me that that's probably a bad, (laughs) that's not going to be a a good approach this time around. Mm -hmm. So, so to make sure that I'm, that I'm, that there's a little bit of space for, for rest and, and it's it's pressing me towards the biblical truth that the night comes before the day. You know, in Genesis, God says it was evening and then it was morning yeah was that, so I, I, was that a I truth was, you
1: were denying up until well, now
0: yeah i mean <laughs> i i i was always for me first it was morning and then evening in other words mm, it, I see. you work until you're tired and you have to rest so like rest how, how do we say like rest is the unfortunate byproduct of 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 being in a fallen world and so it's it's you have to rest but it's not the good stuff it's the bad stuff it's the it's the so you work until you have to rest and then you rest as little as possible so you can go back to the goodness of work but in the biblical rhythm of things you rest first and then you work and i'm i'm trying to get to that to where so to think okay if i have something to do then what i need to do is be well rested so that i can come to that thing Everything I've got, so it's a it's a bit of a switch of mind for me. But I'm I think I'm I'm starting to get there.
1: Yeah. So. Well, we're we're glad for that. I mean, we uh, I know a lot of people have been uh, thinking about you and praying uh, for you, and uh, so we're uh, thankful to the to the Lord for the uh, restoration He's given you so far, and, and pray that that continues.
0: So and may uh, I appreciate that. I really really appreciate that. I, what though you know, in some ways, I mean, I'm glad for everybody around here's sake that i'm still alive i guess, i suppose it's like saint paul who says it's better for you if i stay around so i mean i i would if i had died it would carrie would be so sad and the kids would be in mourning and a few other folks you know i mean just might be sad about that so i'm glad that i'm glad for everyone around here that they don't have to mourn me but i um but in some ways like being that close to the to the glory of god i'm like oh i'm just i missed the train so i gotta wait for the next one okay okay don't so really don't this the resurrection is coming soon and that's going to be our real joy and so i i have this great confidence that that um when the when my time is up when you know when you gotta preach my funeral or whatever heaven Mm-hmm. Then oh do i should... get do i get that job <laughs> sure I... you get to preach the joy of it that, finally like... i get even
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like hey don't don't weep for that guy uh um he's he's in the fullness of the, of the lord's face and that's for all of us is that is that it's the resurrection is coming soon and also this if if my voice is silenced you know if i if if i can't do any of the radio stuff or or any of the video stuff or whatever if my if my sort of public teaching voice is silenced or my voice beyond the church is silenced then then God be praised the Lord doesn't need me I mean he he will he will raise up um, a, another voice and so this the, I mean the privilege of being able to do the work like table talker or, or cross defense or YouTube or whatever is a is a true gift from God it, of course it comes with its own temptations and difficulties but is a true gift from god and and so it is it is therefore unnecessary and so i mean it's good i think it's good for me to reflect on for us to reflect on for our listeners to reflect on is that something can be can be good and be helpful but but not at all necessary and i know i mean i suppose i've always known but i got to really taste this i know that i am unnecessary in the lord's kingdom completely unnecessary and that the Lord's Church will stand and that the Lord's kingdom will come and that the Lord's will will be done Uh, if I'm if I'm talking and teaching and writing or if I'm if I'm if I'm sweating in the Sun or if I'm if I'm rotting in the grave and and seeing him face to face that the Lord's will will be done and so that is that's that's that really sets us free that really means that that um that we can rejoice in the in the things that the lord has put in front of us without worrying that that if we fail or if we mess this thing up or if we can't continue if we faint on the way that um that that things will go wrong no the lord the lord is um is really sitting on the throne and really working all things together for the good of those who love him and we we I mean, we know that we confess it, but I, it was great. I mean, to be to be sick, you get to see a little bit of the things that you always believed, and so I got to see that, and it's
1: great to see. Mm, indeed, that's good. What
0: about you now? Are you on fire? That's <laughs> no, what, no, no. This is the really one that people want to know about. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> well, we talked about uh, doing an update uh, uh, episode. I guess you can call it. Uh, a while ago and so uh there's been some wildfires in the area recently so i thought that might be a good time people have, have uh uh been writing in checking in and i appreciate that just thought we'd kind of tack that on uh, to our little update episode um so yeah we're we're fine um our congregation isn't uh, really uh, close to uh, i mean the, the fires aren't right on top of us so so uh uh, we've been really been thinking and praying about those um, just down the road, probably 30, 40 miles. Um, so, so if you if you if for those who aren't familiar with Southern Oregon, the largest town in Southern Oregon is Medford, and then south of that is Phoenix, and then Talent, and then Ashland, uh, going south on I five, and uh, a fire started just on the northern tip of Ashland, and uh, it was on a day. Well, they were kind of two factors that made this really bad we've had uh, in into september which is rare for our area into september we had 100 over 100 degree weather for like eight days straight so everything was really dry in a drought condition anyway and then there were on this particular day um 40 mile 40 mile per hour winds with gusts up to 50 or 60 miles per hour so this is unprecedented wind speeds and um so a fire started um, they think it was maybe started by an arsonist, but uh, I, I think they're still trying to connect the dots on that. They did make an arrest, but they're trying to make the connection to the actual fire. Um, but uh, it swept through the the northern tip of Ashland, and then uh, all the way through the small town of Talent, and all the way through the small town of of uh, Phoenix, and then to the southern tip of Medford. And these towns were just destroyed. I mean, they. I mean, mm-hmm. there's. There are homes that that the fire skipped over, which is, is kind of like a you know tornado. You see the damage from a tornado, and like entire uh, uh, blocks are are just demolished. and so then there'll be like a random standing house right, right. there. The same thing right. with this fire, um, and so um, you know the, the county did s- uh, produce some uh, uh, aerial photography from a helicopter and uh, just to kind of see the. Um, uh, the, the damage that these fires produce, and it happened quick. Um, so I had lunch yesterday with a, a a man I know from the community who lost his home, and um, he was he was working at his house, was oblivious to what was going on. Uh, someone called him and said, "Hey, there's fires right near your house." He stood up, looked out the window, and saw that he better get out of there. He had time to grab uh, a a basket of laundry and his dog, and and got out of there just in time. Lost everything. Whoa. Lost everything um Whoa. so we think about this and you know people have a lot of people have uh insurance in their homes um and so but but even still they're they're displaced for i mean i'm i don't know maybe a couple of years before they can rebuild um and some people don't have insurance and they then literally lost everything everything they own was in that home and so um, I've, I've been hearing different numbers around. I The, the largest number I've heard was uh, 2,000 structures were destroyed. Uh, that would be homes and businesses. Um, so a lot of people in our communities kind of feeling it. Um, in uh, Amongst our uh, Missouri Synod congregations, uh, there was five uh, households in the Ashland congregation that lost their homes, four in Medford, and one in Central Point. Um, so we've been trying to reach out to those families and seeing um, – you know, what we can do to help. And um, all of them are staying with family and uh, we're just kind of waiting for you know insurance and the next step of the process. Um, the gentleman I had lunch with yesterday said the, the thing that's been kind of cruel about it is that the insurance, and this is something maybe to know for people too, that uh, when your house burns down, the insurance company wants an inventory of everything that's in your house. Ooh. And so, um, you know, I mean, just having lost everything and then having to go back and recount everything that you lost. And they need it to buy the item, you know. So, uh, like, think about if you have books that you want replaced. All right, list out the books that are in your library at home. <laughs> I mean, no. it's it's just. I mean, so so what they t- tell you to do before before disaster strikes, of course, um, to take a like a video camera and just walk through your home, try to film everything you have. If you have a bookcase, and just kind of go through the bindings on video, uh, so that if it ever does happen, keep that in a safe place where it wouldn't be destroyed. And then, if a disaster strikes, it'll give you something to work off of to make an inventory of. Um, but, uh, That's good so it's, it is, it is hard to help, actually. Um, I mean, there are people who are still in evacuation areas, um, at, at, uh, at shelters, those who maybe don't have families to go to. Um, but I mean, unless you can provide housing for people, um, you know, and getting maybe supplies in the in the short term, it's hard to know how to help. I mean, short of, you know, rebuilding their home, this is really the need that that is most apparent. So uh, it has made me think more about how we as churches can be prepared to help our neighbors in disaster. Um, and, you know, that's something that actually our congregation intentionally talked about before this happened. Um, and, you know, we, we realize that this takes a lot of manpower that we aren't uh, able to give. But I think one thing that I realized is that it doesn't have to be, um, that we're setting up cots for people to stay in and providing food when they don't have food, because that does take a lot of resources and manpower, but it could be as something as simple as having a, having a fund. And then we, we dish out, uh, dish out relief funds or something like that. I mean, whatever you can do is a good thing. So Uh, is there anything that people who are listening, uh, did you think that they could do, um, um yeah so the the only, maybe the only thing I could think of uh, I know that uh Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Central Point and Grace Lutheran Church in Ashland uh both have relief funds that uh you could maybe contact those congregations look up online contact those congregations and ask about uh, donating to those funds that might be something that could be helpful um they haven't solicited funds but uh, but to make it available for people so that might be that might be something to check out.
0: do you think they regret naming the place Ashland? <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh, we should have thought of a different name. Well that Phoenix th- might be actually appropriate. Yeah, right. So, well out of the ashes.
1: That's something that um the other the other aspect of the fires in the area too are just the heavy smoke that, that produces and that's true not just of our area, but of the entire Pacific Northwest. Um they, they they measure they measure the the air quality. Um and so I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like uh, zero to hundred is is good, you know. One hundred to one fifty is starting to get, uh, you know, concerning. And then so so it goes up, and then I think I think lately we've been at like a five hundred, five fifty. It might just like off the charts, and so there's it's like just
0: living at the casino.
1: <laughs> worse than that, because there's like ash floating around and stuff. So oh uh, so, man, so the air quality is is really bad. That we have, you know, it's at the stage where anyone would start to have breathing issues if they're out in it too long. So um, so that's that's an aspect that you know everyone's, you know, indoors. We were just kind of getting used to not being in, under uh, quarantine and like, oh yeah, we can get out outdoors. Oh now. Now we gotta be indoors because of the smoke. <laughs> yeah, never mind that. What well, does it it would help for radio? You should go
0: outside for like five minutes before the need had that raspy. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Table Talk Radio. Someone know those, the whiskey and cigarette kind of country voice? Welcome yeah. to Table Talk
1: Radio. It is it is ironic to see someone standing outside smoking a cigarette. It seems like you could just <laughs> lose a, just a cigarette. Still just
0: breathe? Just... <laughs> you don't even have to light it.
1: <laughs> so that's what's going around on, uh, on our parts. So, well,
0: fire and water—it' it, amazing. I, it, I, I had these delirium dreams about fire and water. I, one of my deliriums—here's this—is one of the scariest ones. Was um, let's see how to—it's hard to explain. I was like, uh, I think I was asleep, but it was like I was having three different dreams, and they were all something like it was like these kind of swirling universe pictures that you see, you know and i was so i was sort of looking through these swirling universe things at three different like this was a dream over here it was pretty big this was a little dream over here not quite as big and then here's a small little dream and i was like floating above looking at these three dreams taking place and i was sort of falling towards them and i was trying to stay it was like i was trying to stay from falling out because i thought what was going to happen is i was going to i was going to fall and part of me would go into this dream and part of me would go into that dream and i would be split in half forever and so i was trying to keep from having to 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 go into one of the into like giving myself into these these particular dreams and uh and one was fire and one was water
1: you know one was this this
0: kind of swirling fire shape and the other one was a sort of Vortex river th- shape.
1: This is something like uh, a, a vision of Ezekiel or something like that.
0: It, so there was a there, there was a lot of those. I mean these kind of, I whether asleep or awake kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> I was obsessed. I was obsessed with the differences between the different dimensions and time. I mean I had this particular vision of time. I I wish I could kind of explain it, but it was like um. It was like a, it was like this huge perfectly square or perfectly kind of perfectly square edges a brick or rock or marble or concrete slab was just was right in front of me like it fell it kept falling right in front of me like to to the tip of my nose wha-bam wha-bam and and i you couldn't get any further than this rock but every moment, it would fall a little bit further in front of me. So I'm, I'm like, pressing forward, and this, this, this perfectly pristine, huge block of something would go right in front of me. And I, and I realized that's what, that was time, that I, you always were trying to get to the future, but you, it, it, is, it is utterly blocked. The future is completely blocked. It is just the right now. All you have is the right
1: now. It was this, it was this very kind of visceral vision of what time was. That was really something. Hmm. So. so I have I have one final question for you. Um, there there's and, and I and I and I don't really like this or abhor this because there, there's I mean the whole issue of coronavirus and, and COVID nineteen has been completely politicized, right? So um, you have you have Uh, people's approach to this issue uh, has really been informed only by their political positions rather than anything else. Um, And I was wondering, as one who has contracted COVID-19, does that change your perspective as people talk about, "ah, it's nothing to worry about, or, hey, you need to be wearing your mask 24-7, or all of the other things that are kind of floating around. Having having contracted COVID-19, what's your perspective on these kind of public conversations going on?
0: Sure. Well, look, I... Um I I mean I so th- to realize that if you do not if you do not know Jesus, if you if you do not have the confidence that your sins are forgiven and that t- that the judgment day is going to be a good day <laughs> if you if you think that that if you're in other words, if you're a secularist or a pagan or a, if, if you don't think that that uh, there's anything beyond life, that, that 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 this is it. All you have is the is the days in this life, and then and then death is the end of it all. I mean, to realize that for the person that doesn't believe in Jesus, or for the person who doesn't believe in some form of afterlife, at least to loosen it up a little bit, that it's their own death is not just their death; it's the end of the universe for them. Hmm. It's the cosmic explosion. It's the telos. It's the end. It, I mean, for, as far as they know, that 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 every individual death is like the end of the into the cosmos it's amazing to think about that it's a, and that makes this a very frightful thing because as we were trusting in medicine and you think of things like the plague and you're like oh yeah the plague that's when people didn't have baths back in the middle ages before we were all enlightened plagues that was before we had the mm-hmm. iphone Internet, <laughs> plagues we've we've evolved past plagues and then to realize oh, oh we haven't and here's this thing and it's novel i understand the fright I mean, I I understand that. I mean, even as people, you know, some, my own family and people, they saw what happened to me, and they're like, "Oh, that's frightful." Uh, and I suppose apart from Christ, it is. But if if this comes from the hands of Jesus, if if Jesus says, "Okay, Brian, you got to have coronavirus for a bit," then it's nothing to be afraid of, because I know I know the hands that dished out the the medicine or are. The same hands that were nailed to the cross. So, so I understand that the kind of pagan reaction of utter fear. But the Christian, I mean, really, I I think I stand by this. I, that, that the Christian can't be afraid. You know, at some point, I made some video about if we got to get coronavirus, we got to get coronavirus. You know, a couple months before the thing, and I suppose afterwards, when I published that video, I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I got to get it. You know, you got to test your metal, but. I mean, praise the Lord! It wasn't anything in me that I mean. I what am I, I mean? I'm here. I'm just a bag of worms in this whole mess. I mean, I I don't have anything. There's nothing special about about me, but there is something very powerful about Jesus who carries us through all of these troubles. So, so I suppose to answer your question is I understand why the world is in a panic because there is something there is something new about this. I mean. This virus does not act like viruses of the past. it does funny things to people in different ways and it affects people very differently and it has enduring effects and we don't know uh, where it comes from or where it's going and so I can I can understand the fear and I suppose that's maybe that's maybe the point is that where do you look for help? <laughs> are we going to look to the CDC or to the world health organization or to the government or to technology? Is that where we're going to look for help? And if that's the only place, if that's our God and that's where we have to look for help, then your only response is, is panic. Mm -hmm. But if we look to, if we look to the Lord for help, then, then we don't, we don't need to be afraid. We can be careful. I mean, you, you don't want your neighbor to get the thing because it, you just love your neighbor and, and, it's, you know we're fighting against death that's fifth commandment stuff so we can
1: we can be careful but we don't have to be afraid yeah well i think that's a good of a point to end on as any so hey thanks for thanks for doing this this was this was good and i'm glad that we get the uh, word out to the listeners as to what's going on and, and and how you're doing yeah thank you
0: Good idea, and sorry for the long break, but it'll probably be another break. I know you're doing some interviews and stuff like this, but uh, we'll try to keep this podcast up to date as as Evan and I talk about the future of what of, of our little project here as well. So you guys will know. And if you have feedback and ideas, things like this, we, you know, we always love to hear from you guys. So uh, Evan's got a phone number that I never learned.
1: I'm sure I used to know
0: it before I got sick, but
1: yeah, right now now you have an excuse. Oh, you know, the brain damage. Now, now I can't remember. Before I just. <laughs> there, but no, not anymore. One eight hundred three eight five Sola is the phone number. You can leave a message for us there. So all right. Thanks again. Thank you.